Greetings, my brothers and sisters in the faith, fellow servants of our King and Mashiach Yahusha. Welcome to another episode of the BHP Bible History Project. In this episode, we will talk about the Pimp Seal. We've titled it, The Martyrdom for the Word of God. Now, before we proceed, we ask everyone to please stand for our opening prayer. Everlasting Abba, gracious Yahuwah Allahim, we gratefully approach you, humbled by your blessings, as we acknowledge that you continue to listen to yes. all of our petitions, Amen. unworthy as we may, you yes, continue Lord. to look past our sins yes, by Lord. grace, compassion, and unfailing love. Amen. You grant to your people the requests that we have offered to you. Amen. And so we thank you and we praise you yes, for Lord. all that you have done for each one of us. Amen. We know we have many challenges ahead. Yes, we will Lord. be tested in our faith. You will experience many sorrows, but we also know you will be there right by our side to take hold of our hand, to walk with us very closely, to inspire comfort and strengthen us. This is what we hope for. And so at this moment, loving Abba, if your people from any part of the world who call upon your holy name, Yahuwah, asking for deliverance, asking for healing yes. may you heal your people Amen. visit every hospital room yes. visit every place where your people may be afflicted and may you remove these afflictions by the power of your mighty hand Amen. our king yahushua yes. we implore you may you be in our midst today yes. we need fellowship from you how we long that you dwell in our hearts. Yes, May you Lord. strengthen us today as we study the holy words that has been given to us. Yes. May you please make it whole in our hearts by sending forth your Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we believe that you have listened to our prayers. Yes, we ask and beg everything in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahusha HaMashiach. Amen. Amen. Okay, praises be to our loving Father that we are able again to gather together to study His words and His commandments. Tonight we'll talk about the fifth seal. It's really thrilling that we have made it thus far. We have completed the first four seals of the book of Revelation. Before we go ahead and look into the fifth seal, martyrdom for the word of God, let us do a quick recap of the first four seals. Now we know the first four seals involves riders on horses of different colors. And so there are those who depict the first four seals as the four horsemen of the apocalypse or the four horsemen of the book of Revelation. Now let's go ahead and take a look at the fulfillment of these seal events that we have discussed in our previous episodes of um, Bible History Project. Let's begin with Revelation 6, 1 down to 2. It speaks about the first seal. When the first seal is open, we find a rider on the white horse and this person going to win a crown. So there's a crown and a crown giver, crown receiver and a crown giver. And this was fulfilled when the Roman emperor decided to give authority to the winner, which is the, the bishops of Rome, the Roman pontiffs. They were given papal supremacy. And eventually after giving given this power, they continued to conquer and to conquer and eventually surpass even the powers of the Roman Emperor. So this was the fulfillment of the first seal, the papal supremacy, the Roman pontiff. Next, we have the second seal. When the second seal was opened, um, we have a rider on a red horse, and the rider on the red horse will take peace away from the earth. The peace referred to there is peace in the context of people getting killed or people lacking security, and they don't feel safe in their own home. And so this was fulfilled not in the taking away of peace through war, but when we examine the word for killing and the word for sword, it suggested terrorism and not warfare. And so this was fulfilled when terrorism was made legal by certain uh, doctrines. Next, we have the third seal, which is the black horse. And the rider on the black horse had a, held a pair of scales and they determined wages for certain people and so this was an oppressive system exploiting people who were tied to the land and this was fulfilled in feudalism and serfdom a type of modified slavery because the people 
were technically employed. However, it was exploited because their wages was not according to standard. There were different levels, uh, different levels in the community. And so this was this led to the last of the four horsemen, Revelation 6, 7 to 8, the fourth seal represented by the pale, which is actually a pale green horse, and the rider is named Death and Hades. And so it is about death brought about by warfare, by famine, by plague, caused by little beasts or little animals. And so what we have when we examine the fulfillment of the first four seal events are the great problems of humanity today. If we will look at the fulfillment and you, we can look at the sequential order of its fulfillment according to history, it began with the papacy, the papal supremacy given to the Roman pontiff, 534 AD. And so in turn, they introduced many doctrines that were against the will of God or against the will of God. And so it led to a lot of deception and people were led away from embracing the words of Yahuwah in the, in, in the scriptures. 800 AD, it was terrorism. Um, then 1000 AD, feudalism and serfdom, which is an oppressive system, exploiting workers. And from 1279 to 1351, we had death brought about by war, by famine, and by pestilence. And we can look at the dates and how they fall sequentially according to the timeline, which suggests indeed the seals of Revelation depict events that will take place sequentially from one event to the next, 534, 800, 1000, 1279 to 1351. Now, I want you to look at the fulfillment of these seal events for just a moment. Look on the screen and tell me what you notice about what is written on the screen. When you look at papacy, it talks about deception, terrorism, there's a lack of peace. Remember, the horse will, the horseman will take away peace from the world. So deception, lack of peace, feudalism, there's oppression, there's death, brought about by war, famine, pestilence. So what does this tell you about the world? It tells us that the first or the four seal events, the first four seal events depict the greatest problems of mankind. Problems that linger even today, right? Because even today, there is great apostasy, great deception, even today, there's terrorism and lack of peace. Even today, there are oppressive systems. Even today, there's war, famine, and pestilence. So it started there during the fulfillment of the first four seal events. Now, when we look at the first four seal events, it actually tells us the solution to the problems presented here by the first four seal events. I don't know if you were able to catch the solution. Because in that passage, in the passages that we read, there was a solution given to all these problems. Lack of peace, uh, lack of too much, there's the prevalence of deception, oppression, death. There was a solution given by the scriptures. We just missed it. And the reason why we missed it is because it is contained in what we call the romance. Remember, we studied about the romance, hidden wisdom, hidden treasure, hidden patterns in the Holy Scriptures, and we find those patterns which represent solutions to the problems and judgments brought about by the four horsemen found in the living creatures. When you go back to the seals, if you notice, each of the four living creatures, there are four living creatures, the first, the second, the third, and the fourth, each of the four living creatures came and announced the four horsemen. The first living creature was the one who said, come and see white horse. The second living creature announced, come and see the rider on the red horse. And then the third living creature comes and announces the rider on the black horse. And the fourth living creature comes and announces the rider on the pale horse. So there are these four living creatures one, two, three, and four, and they each announce these great plagues or problems of humanity today. And so we will look at the pattern at the remiss because it will lead us to the solution so that we can overcome these great problems of humanity. Now, these four living creatures we studied when we looked at Revelation chapter four. 
in Revelation chapter 4, 7 to 8, the first living creature was like a lion, the second was like an ox, the third had a face like a man, the fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under his wings. And so if you still remember the four living creatures, they look very strange, especially as it was presented in the vision of the Apostle John. So Apostle John was writing according to what he saw, and he saw the first living creature was like a lion. Yep, the second one was like an ox. The third one had a face like a man, and the fourth one was like a flying eagle. In other translations, instead of an ox, it depicts it as a calf. I think both work, lion, a calf, or ox, a man, and a flying eagle. Now, what, who are these four living creatures? Well, we don't really know. They're really symbolic, but in the Holy Scriptures, it depicts them as having six wings, and if we go back to the book of Isaiah, there are creatures who have six wings and they're called seraphim. And their duty, their one duty is to praise Yahuwah. So they're very close to Yahuwah. They are in the very throne of Yahuwah. And the, all they do is praise Yahuwah. The whole earth, it, they announce, for example, holy, holy is Yahuwah. Host, the whole earth is full of his glory. And in Revelation 4 verse 8, this is exactly what they're doing. The four living creatures, each having six wings. Six wings were full of eyes around within, and they do not rest. They are not saying, holy, 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 Yahuwah God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And so these four living creatures are symbolic. They're symbolizing something that we need to understand because each of the four living creatures will play a role in announcing the writer of each of the horsemen in the first four seals of the book of Revelation. And so we know the, the first living creature was likened to a lion. Next, the second creature was likened to a calf or an ox. The third was likened to a man. And the fourth was likened to a flying eagle. And so let's look at the symbolism of the four living creatures. The lion, when you think of the lion, what comes to mind? The lion of Judah. Who is the Lion of Judah? Of course, it is our King Yahusha, who is King of King and Lord of Lord. He's also the High Priest. He is the King of the world. So we have the King. An ox or calf, what does that represent? It represents service and sacrifice because an ox was used as a burden, a creature of burden. And throughout Israel, which was an agricultural uh, nation, Whenever, whenever they would tread the land, they would have the ox and the calf, of course, was used as a sacrifice, as an offering for purification. So it represents service, it represents sacrifice, and man, of course, represents human beings, including females, right, including women. And the flying eagle represents resurrection and ascension to heaven. So when we look at the symbolism, we find a remez. You see that? You understand what a remez is? It's the pattern, the wisdom that's hidden underneath the words, underneath uh, the symbols that are found throughout Scripture. And so this tells us really the gospel message because it tells us that the king, right, Yahusha, came to serve and to be sacrificed so that human beings can ascend to heaven. That's the gospel message, right? Our king Yahusha came as a lamb to serve to be sacrificed, meaning to die, to resurrect, so that human beings who are sinners can have their sins forgiven and be able to resurrect and ascend to heaven. That's the gospel message, and it's found within the symbolism of the lion, the ox, the man, and the flying eagle. So what we have here is the seal event. The first four seals in the book of Revelation depict events that bring problems to humanity, papal supremacy, this was really at the core of Nicolaitism, or Nicola, the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, right? And it brought a lot of deception, and people were led away from the Holy Bible. And so it's a problem of deception. Number two, removal of peace. There was no peace because of ter terrorism, feudalism, and serfdom. And so people were tied to the land, could not escape from the land because they were exploited. And so instead of dominating the land, because Yahuwah, when he created man, what did he say to mankind? Spread, multiply and have dominion over the earth. 
And then death and Hades, of course, this is the ultimate problem of mankind. No matter what technology we apply, no matter how much we discover in medicine, there's always people dying. Even doctors and scientists, they die, right? Because we cannot solve the problem of deception, of terrorism, and the lack of peace. We cannot solve the problem of oppression. We cannot solve the problem of death. And so this presents us with the living creatures. Remember the lion, the ox, the man, the flying eagle, representing the king's work of salvation. But it also tells us the solution, the solution to the four problems presented by the four, first four seals of Revelation. For example, papal supremacy, right? When you look at papal supremacy, when the Pope presented him, himself basically as the king and the high priest, taking the place of who? Our King Yahushua. Who is the true king? Yahushua. And so when people will believe this system, people are going to be misled and they're going to end up in apostasy. And so the one to restore that is, of course, our King Yahushua. So we find the gospel promise within the symbolism presented in the book of Revelation, the removal of peace. Well, who's the one who's going to bring peace to the earth? Our King Yahushua. Yahushua brings complete peace to the earth. When will he do that? Well, when he will bring the kingdom here on earth. And when this happens, those who belong to Yahushua, instead of being oppressed, they will be the ones to rule and have dominion over the earth according to the plan of Yahuwah when he created mankind in the Garden of Eden. So the problem of feudalism and serfdom has found its solution when Yahushua installs the kingdom of Yahuwah here in Heaven. And of course, the problem of death and Hades that was also conquered by who? Our king, Yahushua. Because when he returns, those who are in the grave, they will resurrect and they will ascend to heaven. And so we find here the beautiful picture, the wisdom, the treasure hidden, the remez hidden in the four living creatures that depicts the solution, the solution. To the, the four problems presented to mankind. Now we're ready to go to the fifth seal. So the first four seals, basically its message to us is, the solution is only one person. Who is that? Yahushua. So this is something we need to understand. All of us have many problems in the world today. Sickness, war, violence, hardship because of oppression, lack of peace. The solution is one person. Yahuwah gave Yahushua as the solution. That's the message of the first four seals of the book of Revelation. So when we accept Yahushua as our Lord, our King, our Messiah, prepare for something. <laughs> and that's the fifth seal. What is that? Let's read Revelation 6, 9 to 11. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice saying, how long, O Yahuwah, holy and true, until you judge and avenge your blood and those who dwell on the earth. And the white robe was given to each of them. And it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were was completed. This is interesting because when you look at this passage, it talks about martyrdom, right? It speaks about those being slain for the word of God and for the testimony they have for our king, Yahushua. But always keep in mind, this kind of martyrdom was already fulfilled in the first century. Remember, remember the Roman emperors in the first century, beginning with Nero all the way to Diocletian? Remember the systematic killings of those who would follow Yahushua and obey the commandments of God? This was fulfilled in the first century. The first great martyrdom for the word of God was fulfilled in the first century. It's going to be fulfilled again in the fifth seal. And so there's a repeat of the event of the first seal. And when you look at the last part of the passage, there's going to be another set of martyrdom because there's going to be uh, a group of their brethren and fellow servants who have not yet been killed, but their number is going to be completed something to keep in mind so the, the main things about the fifth seal the souls of those slain for the word of god and for the testimony they have concerning our king yahushua they cried for judgment a white robe was given to them 
they were told to rest a little longer and it speaks of the number of those who would be killed like they were it must be completed so there's like a set number of people who are going to be killed for their testimony of our king Yahushua. so that's the fifth seal now before we take a look at the fulfillment of the fifth seal like what we do i want to check with the last chronicles the fifth seal and this is what they have to say according to their explanation the let us now move to the fifth seal, the book of Revelation. They cite Revelation 6, 9 to 11. We've read that already. This is what they say, the fifth seal event. The fifth seal reveals the Christ of Jesus's martyrs. They are the souls killed because of the words of God and they're asking God to avenge their blood. Who is responsible for their death? According to their explanation, many people were awakened by Luther's exposure and came out of the Catholic church. Uh, therefore, uh, those people stood by God's words and held strong conviction, not allowing themselves to be swayed by false doctrines and teachings of the Catholic Church, and by choosing to stand by the pristine gospel of Christ. What happened to them? They became victims of the church's Catholic Church's counter-reformation in the 16th century, which was the Catholic Church's extreme reaction to the shame they suffered due to Luther's expose. Let us quote from several books attesting how the Catholic Church put so many people to death. So according to the explanation of the last Chronicles, the fulfillment of the fifth seal was when the Catholic Church enacted the counter-reformation. Its purpose was to counter the work of reformation led by Martin Luther. And so because of this, there were certain killings initiated by the Catholic Church, which led to the martyrdom of the people of gone and so according to the last chronicles at this point there are people of god who are going to be saved right you see that because there are those who say between after the for the apostles died there was complete apostasy no one's going to be saved anymore i beg to differ there's always going to be people who are going to be saved throughout every dispensation of time and the fifth seal event proves it in actuality, the explanation here by the last Chronicles, we believe, I believe, I think this is right. I believe the explanation that the fifth seal was fulfilled in the martyrdom of people who embraced the gospel, embraced the Bible, and because of this, they were persecuted and even killed by the Catholic Church. Before we go ahead and make a case for that, let's look at Revelation 6, 9 to 11. We read the passage already. It speaks about those who are slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. What is that testimony? Throughout the book of Revelation, it speaks of the testimony of Yahushua. It's their profession that Yahushua is Lord together with the preaching of the word of God that gets them into trouble, that causes them to be slain. And so they're going to be slain during the fifth seal because of their conviction holding on to the word of Yahuwah. How are they recognized? How can we know who they are? Well, it, it gives us a clue because it says here, the white robe, a white robe is given to each of them. So we know they give a testimony concerning Yahusha. A white robe is given to them. When we read scriptures, to whom is a white robe given to? Revelation 3 verse 4, uh, verse 5, He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Who are the ones who are given the white robe? Those who overcome. What must they overcome? When we study the seven assemblies, because Revelation 3 is part of the message of our King Yahusha to the seven assemblies, right? When we studied the seven assemblies, we talked about the tendencies of humanity, right? And so those who overcome sin, who overcome the tendency to apostatize uh, from Yahuwah, those who overcome self are the ones who are going to receive the white garments and their names are listed in the book of life. And the author of that book of life is the Lamb, the Lamb's book of life now what is represented by the white garments revelation 19 8 she has been given the finest of pure white linen to wear for the fine linen represents the good deeds of god's holy people so we know those who were martyred who have the white garments they represent the people of 
God. Because those who are the people of God wear the white garments. Well, how did it become white? Not just because of their good deeds, but because of what happened to them which led to their good deeds. What was that? Revelation 7, 13 and 14. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these? Arrayed in white robes. And where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. So he said to me, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And so what gave them, what made the robes white? The, it was washed by the blood of the Lamb. And when one is redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, it gives us the freedom not to disobey, but to obey the commandments of Yahuwah. So together, the white robe represents redemption through the blood of Yahusha, which makes us free to obey the commandments of Yahuwah. And so the people depicted who are slain because of their testimony of Yahusha and because of the word of God are those who belong to Yahusha. They are the followers and disciples of our king, Yahusha. So those who were slain in the fifth seal or martyred because of the word of God and their testimony for Yahusha are assured of salvation. This is why even before 1914 came, even before the first trumpet of the seventh seal was blown, there's already people who are being saved, right? There are people who are saved. And this is clearly seen in the fifth seal event. And so when we look at this, 534 AD is the papacy, 880 terrorism, 1080 feudalism and serfdom, 1279 to 1351 is a different kinds of death, what about by war, famine, and pestilence. And so the event, which is the martyrdom for the word of God, is going to take place after 1351, right? Remember, there are three sets. There's going to be three sets of martyrdom, like major martyrdom. There's always going to be martyrs for Yahuwah. There's always people who are slain because of the word of God. But you have these periods in history that stand out because of the intensity and the vastness of that work. This is why what stands out is first century, led by Nero, the Roman emperors. Now we have another one that will stand out, which will mark the event of the fifth seal. And so what is that event that takes place after 1351? History records that from 1524 to 1651, which is basically the 16th century. And so we agree with the last chronicles and they, in their website, they give a lot of reference books about what they've discovered. History records that from 1524 to 1651, during the Protestant Reformation and Counter-Reformation by the Catholics, many religious wars were fought across Europe. And so the martyrdom is the result of religious wars enacted by the Catholic Church, led by the papacy, because they felt those who opposed them, those who were for Protestant Reformation, were considered heretics and punishment against heretics were to be is to be put to death. And so that was the counter-reformation. It led to many European wars. And because the papacy was linked or married to the king or to the government, the religious wars and the political wars became one and the same. This is why these religious wars became very vast and it took a long, long time from 1524 to 1651. That's over a hundred years. If my calculation is correct, right? It's over a hundred years. And so we have the European wars of religion according to Wikipedia. It began in 1524 and it ended right around 1651. And on one of the, the, on the columns, it gives you the lower estimate for death toll and the higher estimate, it, it was, tabulated to be as high as 18,335,000 people. So in that 100 year span, millions of people died because of uh, religious wars. Started with, by the way, this is like a, not an exhaustive list. This is just uh, a list of the major wars, which includes the 80 years war. And during the 80 years war, about 2 million people died. 
the Eighty Years' War from 1568 to 1648, which is also called the Dutch War of Independence, was partly caused by Protestants, primarily by Calvinists, fighting for relig religious freedom against Roman Catholic repression, led by Philip II of Spain to reign over the Netherlands. Because, of course, uh, Spain, they wanted to Catholicize the whole world, including the Philippines, remember? And so there were people who were reacting to that, responding to that. You know, we want to believe the gospel. We don't want to believe the papacy. We want to believe the gospel. And because of this, they were slain because of their conviction concerning Yahusha and the word of God. Then the 30-year war, and look at the death toll, 11,500,000. This is the 30-year war um, that took place between 1618 and 1648. If you do the math, it is 30 years. And those who were the prime targets were a group of Protestants called Anabaptists. The Anabaptists were the ones who insisted and preached against infant baptism. They preached against infant baptism. They, they proposed, they believed and held onto the conviction that only those who were adults who can understand the gospel should be baptized. Um, Anabaptists were persecuted in great numbers during the Thirty Years' War and their martyrs were executed in cruel, brutal ways. They were captured, imprisoned, interrogated, tortured, hung, beheaded, buried alive, pierced with forks into the bowls, burned with fire, strangled and drowned in the sea in the river, thrown down the cliff and pierced through with spears to the bottom of the cliff. It's pretty extreme. So this is what happened to the slain because of the word of God and the testimony concerning Yahusha. This was fulfilled between 1524 to 1651 when we look at the the timeline when we look at the dates it follows a timeline does it not does it not it's sequential 534 800 1000 1279 1524 uh, 1279 to 1351 and 1524 to 1651 and so we a sequential order which confirm it it confirms it and so we have no doubt that the seal events that was prophesied in the book of revelation was fulfilled in events that took place already in the history of the world but we're not yet done because the bible says that in the fifth seal there's going to be a crying out they cried with a loud voice saying how long O yahuwah holy and true until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth. Does this mean that those who were slain were literally crying out? Remember, this was a vision given to the Apostle John. And so in this vision, there's a lot of symbolism. What does this mean? That the, he heard them cry out with a loud voice. This is the same thing that the blood of Abel cried out in Genesis 4, 9 to 10. Then Yahuwah said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? Yahuwah said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. And so here, the Bible talks about the blood, of Abel, the blood of Abel crying out to Yahuwah. What does this mean? Does it mean that the blood of Abel literally cried out to Yahuwah? No, it basically means Yahuwah is telling Cain there is justice to be had because you killed Abel. And so this is a cry for justice. And so that's what the cry is all about. And so if Abel's blood cried out for justice and Yahuwah made this known to Cain, how much more the followers of Yahusha when they are slain because of him? Hebrews 12, verse 24, you have come to Yahusha, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people and to the sprinkled blood which speaks of forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. And so those who were slain because of their testimony concerning Yahusha, those who belong to Yahusha, who was the mediator of the new covenant. The Bible says, of course, Yahuwah will listen to their cries. In other words, Yahuwah is going to act according to what is just, what is fair, by the blood of Yahusha. And so what is the answer of Yahuwah concerning those who were slain uh, during the fifth seal event? Well, the, the answer of Yahuwah is, you're going to be given a white robe. We talked about that already. It means 
Don't worry about your situation. You're going to be saved. You're going to be given a white robe. You're going to be saved, right? I mean, for me, that's worth it, don't you think? I mean, if you're going to receive a white robe in exchange for being slain, slay me all day long, right? You want that white robe. And so that's the reward. But Yahuwah also says, rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were was completed. And so this tells us that the fifth seal event wherein we will find martyrs for the word of God will not just be contained in the fifth seal. It will continue onward, right? There's going to be a fixed number of people who are going to be slain or martyred for the word of God and for our king, Yahushua. This is why we're not surprised, according to this study by Todd Johnson, professor of global Christianity and mission from his article, Christian Martyrdom, and according to his research, he says, we estimate that more than 70 million Christians have been martyred over the last two millennia, more than half of which died in the 20th century. That's like 35 million. 35 million were slain because of their faith in Yahushua under fascist and communist regimes. We also estimate that 1 million Christians were killed between 2001 and 2010, and about 900,000 were killed from 2011 to 2020. But that's not even the bulk of it. Remember what we told you? This martyrdom for the word of God and for the testimony of our King Yahushua. When was that first fulfilled? The martyrdom? The first century, right? Beginning with Nero, Apostle Paul, Peter, they all died. Apostle John was uh, exiled in Patmos. And he said, I am your fellow servant, fellowship in suffering because of my testimony concerning Yahushua and because of the word of God. And so all this took place in the first century, and then a second iteration took place in the fifth seal. And according to Revelation 6, the fifth seal event, that event of martyrdom is going to continue all the way to the end. And it's going to have a final, final fulfillment. Do you know when? The third part of the, the martyrdom, the major martyrdom historical events is going to take place. We have one in the first century. We have one in the 16th century, the fifth seal. There's one more. When is that? Revelation 13, 5 to 10. The beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise his authority for 42 months. He opened his mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven. He was given power to make war against the saints and to conquer them. And he was given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast all whose names have not been written, the book of life belonging to the Lamb that was slain from the creation of the world. He who has an ear, let him hear. If anyone who is to go into captivity, into captivity he will go. If anyone who is to be killed with the sword, with the sword he will be killed. This calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of the saints. And so according to Revelation, in, Re in Revelation 6, 5, when we read about the sixth seal, or I mean the fifth seal, when it mentions your fellow brethren, your fellow servants who are going to be killed like you, right? It tells us of a future event where many will be slain because of the word of God and because of the test testimony for our king, Yahushua. And when would that be fulfilled? Yeah, when the beast power rises. When the beast power rises, the Bible says he will have power over every tribe, people, language, and nation, and he will be given power even to make war against the saints and to conquer them. What does that mean? To conquer them, to kill them. They will be killed. Many are going to be killed. When you think about the persecution by the Roman emperors, it was terrible. And then in the fifth seal event, it was the Roman emperors together with Catholicism, together with the pontiff, and it was also pretty bad. This time, is going to be the beast and it's going to he's going to have power over the whole world over every tribe people language and nation and he's going to conquer and he's going to make war against the saints this is why the bible says we need to have patient endurance yes the beast will have power over our physical body because he can kill us 
He can kill us. And the Bible says, if you're going to be killed by the sword, let it be. Don't even fight back. You know, if one day comes and we're going to be face to face, toe to toe with the beast, if you're going to be killed, be killed. <laughs> no matter what happens, do not accept the mark of the beast. No matter what happens, do not worship the beast. If you're going to be killed for it, be killed for it. It's worth it. It's worth it a million times. Be willing to die for Yahusha, even if it means being slain by the beast. We have to accept that reality because the Bible tells us about this event. So the fifth seal event not only tells us about history, it also warns us about prophecy. Okay? This is why we need to be patient. We need to have endurance and we need to have faith. Well, what can we do? Does it mean we will be afraid? This is what Yahushua said in Matthew 10. Uh, 28. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Don't be afraid of them because they can only, they can only touch your body. They cannot touch your soul. What is the price of two sparrows? One copper coin, but not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. According to the Holy Scriptures, we should not be afraid of the beast. We should not be afraid of anyone who can kill only our body. No matter how much power the beast has, he does not have power over our souls. Only Yahuwah Abba has power over our souls. And so we need to have reverence for Yahuwah. We need to have reverence for our King Yahushua. We should not be afraid. Of the upcoming beast whoever he may be we should not be afraid of the devil because we have the protection of our father and of his son and so we should not be surprised when we profess the name of yahushua do not be surprised you're going to be a target who forewarned us about this john 15 18 21 if the world hates you if the world hates you because when you look at revelation 11 the world's going to hate the two witnesses remember they're going to hate them so much, they rejoice and gave each other gifts when he was killed, when they were killed by the beast. They rejoiced. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That's why the world hates you. Remember the words I spoke to you. No servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me... They will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name. For they do not know the one who sent me. Brethren, should we be surprised? If we will be hated, persecuted, and targeted by the devil and his instruments even now. No, because this is the case ever since Yahushua came to the scene. Those who profess his name and are called by his name were insulted, reproached, mocked, persecuted, hated, even today, right? I mean, when we started professing the name of Yahuwah and being called by the name of Yahusha, what did we experience? Was it not persecution and hated, hatred? Right? It's like we're a target, a mockery. By the name of Jesus, they can accept that, but they cannot accept the name of Yahusha. We can guarantee you when, you, when Christ was here on earth, Jesus was not his name. We can guarantee you that because that name was not invented until just 500 years ago. We can guarantee you when Christ walked on the face of this earth, when he interacted with people, when he taught his disciples, when he healed the people, his name was not Jesus. But now when we say, no, that's not his name, Jesus is not his name, his name is Yahushua, we get persecuted. Yahushua says, don't worry. That's because you're different from the world. We called you out of the world. By that name, we're going to be hated and persecuted and targeted. And so what should we do when this happens to us? The book of 1 Peter 4, 12 to 14, dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you were suffering as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. What must we do if we are receiving persecution, hatred, 
insults because of the name of Christ. Bible says, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. Expect it. When painful trials come at you and sufferings come at you, don't be surprised. Why? Because if you choose to bear the name of Christ, you have to also accept the fact that name comes with suffering. Because when we adopt that name of Yahusha, it means we have agreed. We have agreed to participate also in the suffering of our king, Yahusha. Brethren, do you still want to be identified with the name of Yahusha? Because if you say yes, if you will profess that name, if you will accept and believe in Yahusha as your Lord and Savior, if you will announce to the world, I belong to Yahusha publicly, you're going to be a target. By the devil, by his cohorts, by his instruments, primarily the beast and his upcoming regime. It means we have to accept the fact we're going to be persecuted and we're going to suffer many things for Yahushua. But here's the good part. You know this is what Apostle Peter said? Because he also felt that suffering. He felt that persecution. But he said, if you are insulted because of the name of Christ. He did not say, woe well, to you. What did he say? You are blessed. For the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. And so when we're being persecuted, when we're being insulted because of the name of Yahusha, look up, open your hands, and receive the spirit of our Father Yahuwah. Because at that point, the spirit will take over us, strengthen us, and guide us so that we can endure until the end. And if we patiently endure until the end, what is the promise? Revelation 14, 12 to 13, this calls for patient endurance on the part of the saints who obey God's commandments and remain faithful to Yahushua. Then I heard a voice from heaven say, Right, blessed are those, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor, for their deeds will follow them. What is the promise for those who endure patiently until the end, even if it means dying for the sake of Yahushua? The Bible says if we remain enduring, patiently obeying the commandments, the Ten Commandments of Yahuwah, and remain faithful to our King Yahushua, if we will not accept the mark of the beast, if we will receive, if we will be slain because of our conviction, just like what happened to the martyrs, of the first century, the martyrs of the fifth seal, those who will be martyred when the beast powers come, they will also receive the special blessing, the special, the special expectation. What is that? They will rest from their labor for their deeds will follow them. In other words, their death has meaning. Their death is blessed. I mean, when do you think, when can we ever say that? Your death is blessed. Hey, the Bible's telling us about a blessed death. Those who die in Yahusha, they're blessed. Those who die worshiping, those who die for the sake of Yahuwah, they're blessed. They are blessed because their work and their deeds follow them. What does that mean? Let's read the final passage of our studies today. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment in the blink of an eye. When the last trumpet is blown, or when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And those who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then, when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, the scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Brothers and sisters, the promise for those who die in Yahusha, obeying the commandments of Yahuwah, rejecting the beast. The Bible says there's going to be a last trumpet. Because always remember, the one who has the last word is not the beast. There will be a time when the people of the world will rejoice because of the beast's powers. They will be one with him. They will rejoice when the two witnesses are killed. But then, a 
the trumpet is going to sound. And just when they think they are victorious, when that trumpet sound is the beginning of their doom, it's the beginning of the glorification of those who belong to Yahushua. Why? Because when the last trumpet sounds, whether dead or alive, if you belong to Yahushua, the Bible says you're going to be transformed. What does that mean? Your body will be changed. What kind of body? A body that is glorious. A body that will never die. A body that will be immortal. Why? Because we're going to be taken to heaven to be with Yahushua. And we're going to receive everlasting life. This is why the Bible says, Blessed are those who die in Yahushua. Their deeds follow them. In other words, it's not the last of them. No. They're going to be raised again. And they're going to receive the promised everlasting life. And so, brothers and sisters, the message, the message of the seal events of the book of Revelation, do not place your hope on the earth because the earth will have problems that cannot be solved by human beings. Place your hope and trust in Yahushua because he alone is the solution to all of our maladies, all of our problems. And soon he will solve even the problem of death because those who belong to Yahushua, not even the power of death, will prevail and overcome death. Let us stand and we shall pray. Everlasting Abba, yes, gracious and loving Yahuwah, Amen. you are so good, you are so loving. Yes, you have given us in advance yes, events that will take place in the future. Yes, there are many hidden treasures yes, in your holy scriptures Amen. that tell us what we need to do, yes, that highlight the work of your son, Amen. the Messiah who brings peace, who solves death, and gives life everlasting. Amen. Yahusha, our King, yes, we give ourselves to you. We yes. surrender completely to you. Yes, for you are the one appointed by Abba. Yes. Not only to judge the world. Yes. Not only to rule over earth. But to bring hope and salvation to all. Amen. And so we place our trust in you. Yes. We confess your name, Yahusha. Yes. The name given to you by Abba, the name for salvation. Amen. Father, please help us to bring this message yes. to as many people as possible. Yes. To warn them about the upcoming beast powers. Yes. To choose you and your son. Yes. Because by the power of your name, we find safety and our souls can never be touched. Amen. Father, thank you for listening to our prayers. Yes. Help us to be strong. Help us to hold on to your words. Yes. And no matter what happens, loving Abba, yes. may you bless us with your Holy Spirit that we will never be deceived and we will never be afraid. Amen. We ask and beg everything in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahusha HaMashiach. Amen. Amen.